Welcome to the Dawning Bliss Podcast, where we help humans on their path to happiness, love, light, and freedom. And now, here is your host, Tanika Dawn, life coach and NLP practitioner. I am super excited to bring this podcast to you today. I am going to share with you one of my favorite subjects. We're going to talk about relationships. In fact, we're going to talk about how to have the healthiest relationships. So I uh, I have a book here. Um, for those watching, you can see this. It is called The Healthy Relationships Book. It is about cultivating connection, feeling desire, and rules for healthy engagement. Now, I don't like rules, never have. I guess I'm kind of a rebel, but I will tell you, I have learned a lot of things over the last few years and um, years of failing, to be quite frank. I have failed so hard at relationships and all I ever really wanted was a healthy, thriving relationship. I've learned how to have that um, after 11 years being a single mom and going through a lot of crappy relationships. I am very happily married now and have written this book for you guys, but I'm not trying to sell you the book today. It it is definitely worth buying. I, I have to note that. But what I want to talk about are some of the rules and why they exist, right? Why I found them so important to put into a book. Um, and, and this is coming to you for free. So enjoy um, some of the rules for healthy engagement within your relationship. And, and for those that don't know, let me just explain what that means. For healthy engagement, now this isn't being engaged like getting married, um, and it could be, but engaging in the activity, engaging and participating in the relationship is what I'm talking about. And these are some kind of um, helpful guide rules to engage in a healthy way that's not toxic and will support, you know, a positive, more loving connection in that relationship. It will also, like I said, fuel intimacy and desire. Um, So for the guys out there uh, or the ladies, right, tends to be guys that want more sex, but the ladies too, Um, these following these rules will help you a whole lot in lots of ways. Um, So number one, Number one, never assume anything. You really don't know. Um, Now, I say that and you're like, yeah, I know, right? Never assume anything. It makes an ass out of you and me. Um, But you really don't know. And uh, there's another little bit of verbiage I want to give to you with that is we, and this comes from neuroscience, when we don't know what we don't know, we will fabricate a story fabricate, create, right? A story in our head to make it make sense. And we make, we do that with what we know and we plug and play what we know from the past or what we've seen on TV or what we've read in books or just whatever we've put into our brain. So we use what what's already in our brain to make a story um, full so that we think we know all of it. Now that's not always true. We don't know all of it, right? So I, will be really vulnerable. And I said this to my husband last night. Um, I was assuming something. So let me start with that. I was assuming something, not in the way you'd think, but you'll, you'll, you'll hear. So I'm sitting on the porch with my husband. Uh, right now I'm a little bit sick. I uh, have 
my family's been sick. I've had a lot going on between business and coaching volleyball and other community projects we're parts of. Um, so I've been really busy. I've also been sick. Uh, you know, I've got housewife chores and mom stuff and it's been a lot. And so I'm sitting on the porch last night with my husband. He's telling me about his career goals and dreams and I'm excited for him. I love hearing about his work and stuff. And, and as I sit there, I start to choke up and, and I start to have tears fill my eyes. And I said, can I, can I just talk about me for a minute? And he's like, well, sure. Right. I have the most loving husband in the world. And he says, well, sure. What's up? And and he notices that I'm crying. So he starts to comfort me. And I'm like, what about me? Right. Don't, I mean, I matter too. And, and my goals and dreams matter too. And, and da, da, da. anyway, so I start crying, like full crying. I didn't realize I had so much built up that needed to come out. And he's like, honey, why don't you talk to me about these things before they build up so much? And I said to him, now this is where never assume comes in. I said to him, because if I told you all of my stuff all of the time, I would be annoying and too much and you wouldn't want me anymore. Now, I can't even say that, you guys, without choking up because that's a story that I've been telling myself, right? And my husband's never suggested that, um, but that's something I've assumed my whole existence, quite literally, uh, well before I even met my husband, um, that if I told everybody how I was feeling, I would be too much. And so I've kept it in. So um, when when I said this to my husband, he said, that's quite the story you've been telling yourself. And uh, while this isn't a rule in my book, I do want to tell you about it. Um, when, when we don't know or don't have confirmation of how the other person thinks, feels, etc., um, I try to use the story I'm telling myself is. And, and it's so valuable because, right, if, and you guys have all heard or seen this meme where the guy is like rolled over on the edge of the bed, right? And the wife is on the other side of the bed and she's like, oh my God, he must be thinking about other women or something. And he's over there like, I wonder why I can't get the motorbike to start. And and they're just totally different worlds, right? So, so in that, right, the story she's telling herself is that he must be thinking about other women or not want her or whatever because he's being distant. And he's not even remotely thinking about her, their relationship, a relationship, another woman or anything. He's thinking about a dirt bike and how to fix it. Um, and so that, right, we have those moments all over in our relationships where we start to tell ourselves a story, right? We create a meaning to something that typically doesn't even exist. And um, and so when we go to address it, which we should, we, we need to communicate with our partners, a really really healthy way to start that conversation is to say, right. So let's take that uh, married couple in bed, husband's clear over here, wife's clear over here. Instead of her accusing him, right. You don't love me anymore. You like other women. You're over there thinking about some other woman or whatever it might be. I've heard it all being a marriage coach. Um, A good way to address that is to say, honey, can we talk for a minute? Which no guy wants to really hear that, but so what, right? They can, they can get through that and they will, right? Guys will go through that to get the cookie. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, 
But if, if, you know, you say honeymoon to talk for a minute and then you say, right. And, and I can speak from a woman's perspective. I, I can't as much speak from a guy's perspective, but I'll try. Uh, when you say to a man, this, I need your help, right. They instantly put on their hero cape and not their boxing gloves. Very different things, right? If you attack, accuse, et cetera, they're going to put on boxing gloves and be ready to defend themselves, right? They're going to put on their shield instead of their cape. And we women really, we want them to put on their cape and they want to put on their cape. It makes them feel better to be the hero or to be needed. And so if we, as women, address a man by saying, hey, I really need your help with something, right? Men are eager to fix. So what, what is it, honey? And you say, right, as the woman, you say, well, there's a story that I've been telling myself. And the story is that when you roll over uh, and you're, you know, kind of distant in the evening or whenever, um, that you are over there thinking about other women or upset with me for something or or whatever the story is, right? You, you be honest. And, and then he has an opportunity to address that with you and give you the actual facts of the matter instead of you continuing to build this, not even, I mean, yeah, not even an anthill in, into a mountain or a molehill into a mountain, but that's what, that's what we women do, right? Men do it too. Men do it too. I coach them all the time on this. So rule number one, never assume anything. You really don't know. Um, the best way to do is ask. And now I will forewarn you that asking hard questions sometimes means you get hard answers and that can be difficult, but the way you respond says a lot about you. So remember that. Okay. Number two, be open and vulnerable. Your partner is the one person in this world that you should be completely raw and naked with. I cannot even begin to tell you. How many couples land in my office simply because they're not being vulnerable? And there's two sides to that coin, right? We have to create safe space for our partners to be vulnerable, right? We have to create a space in which they don't feel like they're going to be judged or crucified if they are vulnerable. Now, if you know the root word of vulnerable, if you've listened to my podcast, I've talked about this a little bit. Vulnerable means to wound, right? To be wounded, to be susceptible to wounds. Now, if we can't be susceptible to wound with our partner, who the hell can we be? Can we be susceptible to wound with, right? That is so unreal. So I see it all the time, right? Oh, my, my, my best friend, my mother, people have these wonderful relationships with people that aren't their partners and they aren't afraid of being hurt by them. So they're vulnerable with them. And so when a problem arises, right, when there's a story they're telling themselves arises, they don't go to their partner with that vulnerability. They go to their mother. They go to their mother-in-law. They go to their best friend. They go to a colleague, somebody that they do feel like they can be vulnerable with. So two sides of that coin. One, if you're not being vulnerable with your partner and your partner's not being vulnerable with you, I would start asking why. Why not? Right? What is in the way? What is creating uh, the distance or the lack of vulnerability? And then uh, beyond that, right? Try it. If you if you haven't tried being vulnerable, right? Or you can recall a time that you were vulnerable and it didn't go well, which we all can. Um, 
let your partner know that you would like to be more vulnerable with them. Uh, recently, my husband and I had this conversation. Well, not not recently. I guess it was probably several months ago. But I had said to him, I said, "How vulnerable do you think you are with me on like a one to a hundred? You know?" And he said, "Probably like sixty five percent vulnerable." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, that feels pretty true." Uh, and, and vice versa. Um, I said I was about 70% vulnerable with him. And then we both did some reflection. Why do we not feel like we could be a hundred percent vulnerable with our partner, right? We are married to each other. We share a bed, we have sex, we share money, we, we manage the bills, we go on vacations, we're raising kids and dogs and pigs and all kinds of things together. But here we are not allowing ourselves to be a hundred percent vulnerable with each other why not? Right. So we did some introspection and we chatted about it and um, we discovered what would allow one another to be a little bit more vulnerable with each other. Now you don't have to have a hundred percent vulnerability with your partner, but you should have at minimum uh, 60 or more, right? You should be able to be at least 60% vulnerable with your partner. I mean, this is the person you literally like should shower and shave with. Okay. You should be as vulnerable uh, with them as you can be with anyone else. Um, so be open, be raw, be real with your partner. That will create connection, meaningful connection, right? Like I said, with the guys, they they want to put on their hero cape. Now, sometimes they need some direction, right? Like I will tell my husband, I don't want you to fix anything. I just want you to listen. Um, I'm pretty good at prefacing conversations to set an expectation of what I might need from my husband before I start it. Uh, and like I said, I, I won the lottery. My husband's fantastic at listening. So, um, he definitely listens to whatever I use to preface. And then he also listens to the content matter. And, um, and sometimes he does, you know, have his own thoughts and feedback and, and I appreciate that. So be open and vulnerable with your partner. It's the one person in the world you should be able to be completely naked and raw with. And if not, I would start talking, start that conversation. Why not? Why aren't you vulnerable with your partner? Number three, be inquisitive. Seek to understand your partner before trying to be understood. Now, this one is big. Um, We both, uh, at any given point in our relationship, we're both trying to be understood, right? We're both trying to make a point and argue our point and whatever. Um, but if we will just slow down for a minute and try to understand our partner and their point of view, um, it will it will do a lot of things, right? One, it will allow them to be more vulnerable with you because they felt heard. They also will feel understood. They don't feel like they're translating their soul to the love of their life. Um, and then it will also right put them at ease to where they will also be more likely to show you that same respect and try to understand you and your point of view. So seek first to understand and second to be understood. Um, I absolutely love that rule for engagement. It's so important in so many ways. Um, be inquisitive, right? Like uh, that was, that was a whole rule. Ask questions, right? If you don't understand, ask questions. Um, why do you feel that way? Is there something I can do? Um, how can I dot, 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 whatever it is, but, but be inquisitive, you know, ask. Uh, my husband is like, that's an interesting story you're telling yourself. Where does that come from? Right. That was him being inquisitive. Where does that come from? And I had to do some introspection right there in a moment of ugly crying on my porch. 
Um, so number four, use effective communication. I did a, uh, a speech and the title was communication isn't key, comprehension is. And so if we're using effective communication, there are like uh, four or five rules for that. So first or steps, first listen, right? Then repeat what you heard, then confirm, right? That what you heard was correct, which is kind of the same thing, but you want them to confirm that what you repeated back to them, what you heard was correct. And then if needed, right, you can correct it. So you're both understanding what they're saying is what you're hearing. And then uh, you can continue the conversation. So, right, sometimes um, my husband will say something and, and I could give me news this all over, right? I mean, I could talk about my coaching career. I could talk about my kids. I could talk about my family. I mean, extended family, parents and siblings, or I could talk about my my partner and I. And since we're on the subject of relationships, I'm going to keep using my husband and I as an example, um, right? I could be saying something to my husband and... <clears throat> And he'll be like, so this, and I'm like, no, that's not at all what I meant. Like, did you not hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Um, and then I'll have to reiterate it um, and just say it maybe differently so that he can understand it differently. Right. So you can understand not the words I'm saying, but what I'm meaning. And it's really important to get that clarity because we can very quickly, right create stories that really don't exist based on a miscommunication. So comprehending what our partners, and that's where using um, effective communication comes in because effective communication does lead to comprehension. And that's what we really want, right? And in our relationships, we don't just want them to talk to us, right? We could talk about why the sky is blue or why the grass is green or, you know, how was your day at work? And, And that's not really that engaging, but when they understand why, you know, that raise or promotion means so much, or when we understand why, you know, your partner is so curious about why the sky is blue or about SpaceX rockets or some new game or football or whatever it is, when we understand them and why it lights them up and those things, um, it makes a world of difference in how connected they feel and and you will feel to your partner. All right, five, always respect them and their point of view. Now, this one is hard. I think all of them are hard in their own ways, but this one is definitely challenging. So to always respect them and their point of view. Um, my husband and I have a handful, right? And I think they, the, the specialists in my field say that there are like 10 things uh, or so, right, that you'll never agree on with your partner. And and I can think of a couple right now off the top of my head that my husband and I, we really don't see eye to eye. Um, but I'm going to tell you, this is kind of a fun story. When my husband and I met, which was November 6th, okay, not this year, but November 6th, my husband and I met, it is election time. We met at a bar. And naturally, some political conversation got started up, which was in hindsight insane. Nobody should be starting a political conversation in the middle of a bunch of drunken idiots. But either way, there we were. We were having this political conversation. Uh, I had just met him literally moments before this conversation. And I made an ass out of me. And I assumed everybody voted the way I did. And everybody kind of laughed and then told me how they voted. And 
wine. It was pretty mixed and matched. We had about six people sitting at the table drinking together. Um, and a- about half of them voted the way I did and half of them voted uh, in opposition. So needless to say, right, my husband and I were still very attracted to each other. And we ended up having a very long conversation uh, privately later on about why we voted so differently and and what was the you know the motivators for that and we did fully and entirely respect one another's opposition now i know right of of any subject political debates get heated nasty and make people just awful their worst versions of themselves come out um right mostly driven by fear so for my husband and I to respect each other's differences of political opinions the night we met and then to still go on to date and get married, right? I, I think is, is just a true testament of, of how important that is uh, and, and, and how it's possible, right? So I don't agree with what my husband did and, and how he voted, um, but I understand why he did it. Uh, because like, I'm a pretty understanding person in general, but I also don't have to have other people share my opinion. And I think that's really important, right? You can have your own opinion and I have mine. And, and there are some things that really are so in opposition of my moral compass that I will struggle to agree to disagree with somebody. Um, but for the most part, right? I just respect, you know, that they have a point of view, right? I respect everybody's point of view. And now that a lot of that does come from my field of work. I was taught, I think in week one, maybe week two of my uh, life coaching training and NLP work that everyone has a different model of the world, right? It's like everyone out there has a different pair of glasses that show them different things in this world. And that's that's all from their like programming and upbringing and things. And so everyone has a different model of the world. So who am I and who are you to tell somebody that their model of the world is wrong? We can't do that. And, and so we have to respect that. Even if we don't fully understand it, even if we don't necessarily agree with it, being respectful of it. And now that goes back to last week's podcast of having some personal policy, right? So I have a personal policy of I'm respectful regardless of who you are, because that's who I am. I'm a respectful person. Uh, And I will respect you, even if you disrespect me, even if you are hateful and um, derogatory and and a complete ass, I'm still going to be respectful because that's who I am. And I sleep good at night knowing that I'm a respectful human being to everyone regardless. So Anyway, so um, always respect them and their point of view. It is so important that we that we at least show respect. So moving on. Number six, validate their experience and emotions, even and especially when in contrast. Now, again, right? Easier said than done. Um, you know, I, I see couples all the time where... They say, wife says, I feel this way. Husband says, you can't feel that way. Like that's, don't feel that way. Um, and, and that's not the right answer, right? The husband may not want his wife to feel that way and may think it's inappropriate uh, or stupid or whatever for her to feel that way, but that doesn't change the way she feels. And if there's one thing I could teach everybody listening right now is this. A uh, very wise older woman uh, told me this one day, 
emotions are not feelings is what she said. Feelings are not wrong or right. They just are. So we're going to have feelings. We're going to have feelings that maybe don't align and feelings that do align and feelings that may seem extensive or too much or not enough for whatever the scenario is. But our feelings are not ever right or wrong. They just are, right? They are. And and discovering why they are will help us to eliminate and dissipate uh, those negative rocky emotions, right? I mean, have you ever really, really looked at why are you happy? No, but you're definitely looking at why are you sad? And so I, I encourage you to do, definitely do both, right? Because if you know why you are happy, you can create more of that, right? That's why we look at why are we angry? Why are we sad? So we can avoid it. Well, we should also be looking for reasons that we feel good. Anyway, so back to the point, um, validate their experience and their emotion. Uh, no one ever wants for somebody to tell them that their feelings are wrong or that they're not valid. Uh, that is a fast track to getting somebody to shut down and no longer be vulnerable with you. If they are open and being vulnerable and sharing their experience and you tell them that it is wrong, I mean, you might as well just burn the house to the ground, man. You have just put a serious wedge in the relationship that that will be difficult to come back from. So you have to, you absolutely, if you want to help your relationship, you absolutely have to validate their experience. So one of the, the key examples I use because it is so conflicting is if your wife says, right, or, or husband, your partner says that they feel insecure and like you might be cheating on them. You have to validate that, even if it is extremely far from the real truth. Okay, honey, why are you feeling that way? Not, I'm not fucking cheating on you, blah, 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 right? Which I, I, I've seen it all. Guys, I've seen it all. I've, I've sat in, in my office with plenty of people. Um, okay, why are you feeling that way? Now, what that does is it says your, your experience is valid, right? You may not understand why they're having the experience. You may think they shouldn't be having the experience, but you don't tell them that. You tell them, okay, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. Why are you feeling that way? Because their feelings aren't right or wrong. It's their experience. So validate their experience, even and especially when in contrast. Moving on. Um, Own your shit. We all have some own yours and never project it on your partner. And I'm going to roll that into eight as well. Let your partner own their shit. So we all have some stuff, right? And and part of that stuff is just the way we were raised and the programming and the relationships and experiences in our life that have led us to where we are in this present moment in this, you know, uh, disagreement fight, whatever, but um, own your shit, Right. So we'll go back to that cheating example, uh, right? A little bit of history so you can understand why. Um, I have been cheated on a lot. And it is, to this day, one of the most heart-wrenching experiences I've had, um, mostly because of what it meant about me, um, right? That, that another woman was more valuable than me, that her feelings, thoughts, emotions, or the guys were more important than mine, um, yada, yada. Um, anyway, so I've been cheated on a lot and I am pretty insecure about that now. Um, so if there is something that kind of even resembles a trigger 
in my life, uh, I will start to feel insecure and worry if my husband is cheating, even though my husband is the most honest and loyal man you will ever meet. And that's not a joke. He commits to things with a hundred percent of his being. So I know cognitively, consciously, that he is one of the most committed people on this planet, right? He's, he's never going to cheat on me. He's loyal. That's it's totally loyal. Loyal AF. Um, so totally loyal husband, but I might get insecure. I get insecure because of my past, because of my triggers. And then I, right, start to assume or accuse or wonder. And now I don't ever really accuse, just so you know. Um, but um, the story I'm telling myself is that dot, 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 right? Now that's my shit. That is 100% my shit, right? There was no behavior or indicator or whatever from my husband that suggested he was cheating. That was all made up in my little crazy head from all my sweet little trauma triggers that made me feel insecure and worried really, truly for nothing. But um, I address that with my husband just like that, right? The story I'm telling myself is, or I'm feeling really triggered and insecure right now, worried that you might be cheating. Um, my husband responds really wonderfully to that. Um, and But I also preface it, right? That, hey, this is my shit, right? This isn't yours. This isn't on you. I'm not blaming you. I want you to know that I got some shit and my shit is that I'm worried about you cheating on me. And it's mine and we can talk about it. And even, right, even if, if he doesn't do anything, which he usually doesn't have to, I just have to say it. And then I feel better because shame in a hidden Petri dish will grow, but shame with an open lid and, and oxygenated and shared will die. Uh, learn more of that from Brene Brown. She's amazing. Um, and so we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. And it, and usually talking about it will, will kill it, will squash it. So, okay, now let them own theirs, right? Let them own theirs. They got shit too. Our partners have got shit, whatever it is, right? And, and that's their shit. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to share too much about my personal relationship uh, or my husband's stuff, right? Because that's his stuff. I don't want to share too much of that, but... Uh, I'll give you a little bit of an, uh, no, I'll go back. I'll go back to a past relationship. Um, I got an ex that often accused me of cheating when I absolutely was not. I absolutely was not cheating. Um, now, this was later in my 20s, so not early in my 20s when I did make that grave mistake. Um so later in my twenties, I was dating a gentleman. I was actually engaged to him and oof, oof. I would constantly get accused of shit that I absolutely didn't do. Um, and I would get provoked for who his ex-wife was. So he had this like zero tolerance for a woman that sat around in pajamas and watch TV or soap operas, even if she was full-time raising the kids. And so I would get that projected on me a lot. And I did not have the tools I do now. And that shit ate me alive. I literally was like 20 pounds lighter than I am now. I was sick and exhausted from trying to meet all of this man's expectations that came from right his previous relationships. I was literally sending pictures 
of my location of me in certain places to let him know that this is where I was and this is who I was with. Now that shit is absolutely bullshit. Uh, in hindsight, I could smack Tanika for that. Like my younger me, um, she should never have been in that relationship. That is absolutely absurd, but his insecurities, right? So let him own his shit. You own your shit. You let them own their shit. His shit was some serious, deep grave insecurities that I didn't let him own that. Right. I was like, Oh, I got to fix it. No, he got to fix it. Ain't my problem, bro. If you can't trust that I'm where I'm at, because I said, this is where I'm at. That's your problem. We got trust issues and we don't belong together. Anyways, you can fix trust issues, just noted. And if you need to, I know a really good coach. I'm a marriage coach and a relationship coach and an engagement coach and all the things coach. So if you need a coach, reach out. You can find me at dawningbliss.com. Uh I'm just going to breeze through these last, uh, these last couple because I don't want to keep this episode too long, but um, share your life with each other. Um, share the chores, the pain, the gain, and every bit in between. Uh, we really do need to be sharing life with our partner, um, much like being vulnerable with them. We need to share with them, right? We need to share our day. We need to share our excitement. We need to share our sadness. We need to share uh, our likes and dislikes. We need to share with them because that's what makes you know, your relationship salad is all the ingredients coming into the bowl together. Um, 10, don't take it personal. It's not all about you. Uh, I think that that really rolls back into, um, you know, uh, the, the story I just shared about my ex is right. If, all right, well, he had some problem with his ex being a, you know, PJ couch sitting soap opera watching laziness. And I took it personal, right? I let him berate me and make sure that I never even took time to sit down and breathe. Um, and I shouldn't have took that shit personal. That was not my problem. That was not my shit. That was not my problem. I should not have taken that personal. Um, another thing is right. Sometimes we're busy and, and I, and I, and be careful about this one, but sometimes I have to cancel stuff, right? Cause my top priority is first being a mom and then second being a wife and then right. My business and things. And, and sometimes I have to cancel with my friends and that that's really hard. Um, but sometimes my friends will take it personal, right? Like, Oh, they don't want to hang out with me or, Oh, I'm not important to them. Well, it's not about them, right? It has nothing to do with, I would still love to, to do whatever I'd planned with my friend, but right. Whatever else is is a higher priority, then it's a higher priority. It has nothing to do with them. So we got to remember to not take everything personal. It's not all about us, right? It's about them too. They got their stuff and and their stuff is their stuff. And we can't take that personal when somebody's not available. Uh, now, right, there, there's a line and, and we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, in future podcasts, but not this one. So that is just a little bit out of my book of healthy relationships. Really what the book is, is 365 questions. So one a day for a year that will help you uh, learn your partner and yourself a little bit better and help you, like I said, uh, cultivate connection and fuel desire between the two of you. Uh, wonderful book. My husband and I still use it because as the ladies will relate uh, I need headspace connection, right? I need mental and emotional connection before I want to get physical. And so if, right, um, if I know my husband's in the mood or going to be in the mood, which is like always, um, I will grab my healthy relationships book 
even though I wrote it, I'll still grab it and we'll flip through and do a couple of questions so that we can mentally and emotionally connect with each other. And then when things get started later, it's way better, right? Because we preheated the oven. Um, it's amazing. Anyways, so you can get that book at dawningbliss.com forward slash products. Uh, great book. Um, but I hope, right, what I've shared with you today uh, is valuable as it is. Um you know, if you have questions or curious or looking for coaching, definitely reach out. But that's it for today, you guys. I'm Tanika Dawn with Dunning Bliss Show from here in Idaho, helping you find your path to happiness, love, light, and freedom. Talk to you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Dawning Bliss Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. For more podcasts and personal coaching, please visit us at dawningbliss.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.